Hello! Welcome to Once More With Feelings, a podcast about the wicked and divine and our feelings. I'm Christina. And I'm Eric. Because Kate's not here today. Yes, but she will be back with us shortly. She's having a... You say shortly like she's just <laughs> left the room. No, not that shortly. She's just stepped out of the yeah. room really quickly. No, she's having some unfortunate computer issues. So yeah. hopefully those will be dealt with quickly and she'll be back here next week so you can hear her lovely voice again. Fingers crossed. Yeah, this has been an ongoing issue with her computers, but hopefully things will be better in the future. And in the meantime, if you don't recall who I am, I am random spontaneous guest and also editor of this podcast. Yay! And when one of us is missing, we just force Eric to do it because you also read the comics, so it works. Listen, you don't need to force me to cry about this comic. You're, that's true. I'll You'll do this do willingly. It. You do it for free. So today we are talking about issue number 20 of The Wicked and Divine, which is, I don't know if it's a big issue. I mean, a lot was, of stuff happened. It was big at the time. It was big at the time. It was very big because you get actually some background information about what happened post Persephone, quote unquote, dying. Yeah. And like how that all happened. And it revealed a lot about Baphomet and yeah. Inanna, which we did not know at the time, which made me real sad at the time. Yeah. But, but you feel a little bit better now. Yeah. Knowing where the comic is now, I feel much more zen <laughs> with this issue. You can read through this again without feeling a pang deep in your soul. Yes. For your favorite boy. Pretty much. Yeah. So we can kick this off. We're going to start with the first page, obviously. We see the Norns standing in front of the absolutely destroyed townhouse that used to be the Wilson home. And dang, I think I forgot originally like how wrecked that house got by the fire and the explosion and everything. Yeah, that was a pretty intense just took out that entire section surprisingly not really touching the other houses either good job firefighters or divine fire only destroys exactly what you want it to destroy <laughs> Ananki can pick exactly what she wants to burn someone is spray painted r.i.p laura so presumably one of her friends which we don't really know about i honestly thought that was possibly laura herself like very recently because i mean as you'll go on down this page she thinks it's a prank. That's true. Cassandra is here and she thinks it's a prank. So possibly Persephone has spray painted on this as a sort of symbol because at the time Persephone has killed off the portion of her that is Laura. Yeah. And has just embraced Persephone in hell. That's true. It's possible. I don't think she did it, but this is kind of a little bit of a sort of foreshadowing, sort of like digging that in there further that Laura is dead and that it's just Persephone right now. So the Norns have been drawn here via text message, presumably by Laura, but to Laura's destroyed old home, and they think it's a prank. And they're kind of pissed about that. Cassandra at least says that she's upset. Like, if this is somebody texting from beyond the grave, I'm going to kill somebody, basically. Yeah. And she enters the rubble. And she finds Persephone. And something that didn't make a lot of, like, worry at the time is... Owly is right there next Owly. to Persephone. So the fact that Ananki slash Minerva, Mononki. Mononki. That's a nickname we've y'all uh, no gone one's, with, right? No one's settled on a nickname. Kate says things sometimes. That, that's fair. Anyway, and we get this really nice shot of Persephone and her very extra outfit. She's always extra. It's a very good trench coat. And it almost, I can't tell what she's wearing under it, but it's like these crazy sort of like silver wraps. But it's very lovely. 
and it zooms in and basically just says, Cass, we need to talk. And she doesn't really like want to talk. This is not really like we need to talk. This is more I need to show you something. And it's in this instance, this is what was really interesting to me is that Laura begins to perform. She starts to send off her Persephone vines. I keep saying Laura because I default to Laura. Honestly, names are so confusing. Yeah. There's Baphomet, Nurgle. Like, everyone's got all, so everyone many names. Everyone has so many names. This is yeah. why Ball just gives people random nicknames. <laughs> yes, you're not wrong. It's like, I can't remember I who I don't remember what your are. actual name is, so I'm just going to say whatever. Yeah. So Persephone starts performing and she shoots off these vines and they actually affect Cassandra, which is really interesting because Cassandra so far has not been affected by anybody else's performances. She doesn't feel the magic of anybody else's divine power, but she is affected by Persephone. Yes. And why that is, I'm not exactly sure. So it's really weird to see her being affected by the vines that are coming in and literally like in a sort of creepy tentacle way growing over towards her face. It's interesting to me how a god of death mm-hmm. has vines as their main sort of thing. Because vines, you think, is more living. And it's this... Well, it's Persephone. It, I understand as yeah. Persephone, like the, the mythos and whatnot. But like in terms of Kieran's choice of gods, I feel as if it is a good juxtaposition of death and life. Yeah. Which personifies what Persephone slash Laura is or becomes. Mm-hmm. It's new growth, but also... There's a flip side of death, which is usually rebirth. Mm-hmm. For something to grow, something has to die. It's kind of like that transition, that flip of the coin between life and death. Circle of life kind of way, Lion King kind of style. I don't know. Yeah. So we see what Persephone is imposing upon Cassandra. She's using her song powers to give Cassandra a vision of the past, specifically a vision of what happened to Inanna and Baphomet and then her, which is interesting because Laura wasn't actually here that's what at I was thinking moment. too yeah so, I, I just had the exact same thought she's like she wasn't here to view this is this is what she imagined happened did like Inanna divine this for well Inanna couldn't have but could Baphomet have shown her his opinion of this or his vision but in which case how could he have shown himself alternatively we know Cassandra and the Norns are gods of scrying and divination mm-hmm. perhaps she just implanted the right question Sort into of, like what happened yeah. at the church and then Cassandra's powers are taking over and showing her the actual answer as opposed to all the misdirection that has been going on. Basically just giving her the idea of what happened and letting her mind fill in the blanks of how things looked. Yeah. Or it's just a plot device used so that we the reader can actually like see it That's comics wise. But we know that only Baphomet and Anana were here for this and only Baphomet could have told Laura about it. It's just weird. I mean, them and like the hundred people having the banging party at the church. (laughs) The hundred people having a just straight up orgy. So on this panel, at least, it's very nice. You can see that it is Laura or Persephone imposing these thoughts, these visions into Cassandra's mind as the paneling is all wrapped with vines. And for a moment, it seems like everything went the way we thought it went. Mm -hmm. You see Inanna upside down when he was basically strung to essentially a, an upside-down crucifix. Yep, he was reverse crucified. He was reverse crucified, even though his jacket continues to defy to gravity. To go up, yeah. right? Yeah. No, he's like, no, I have to maintain the look. Yeah. I have to use my power to make sure the jacket doesn't fall. It is a look. And Baphomet's about to kill him to enact the Prometheus Gambit and steal Inanna's maybe six months left. 
And Inanna starts to talk him down. He's like, will it make a difference? The six months actually what you need? Or you just will have six more months as the same sort of angry little child you are. Mm -hmm. And Baphomet's looking at him and you can't tell what Baphomet's thinking as this like stern look on his face almost looks in the moment that he's like saying, screw you, Inanna. And then in the final panel, he basically says that and rears up his flame baton and just you see the church explode again. So this is what we saw in the last time. And in a similar way, like that we we do f- frequently with TV and with comics and things. If you don't see a body, you usually can't assume they're dead. And we have been assuming it on his dead because Baphomet killed him. But then it turns out that we didn't see what actually happened. We just saw the church blow up. And that doesn't necessarily mean either of these gods, like literal gods, are dead. Although... Side effect for this comic specifically, if you don't see a head, they're not dead. If you don't see the head, they might be alive, as we learned in the most recent episode. <laughs> yep. Like, if you don't see the head, they're probably still alive. So we find out that Baphomet did blow up the church, but he didn't actually hurt Inanna at all. The f- place is in flames around them, but he didn't actually do anything to hurt Inanna. And so he lets Inanna go. He just kind of stops him and lets him go and Inanna's like oh I knew you wouldn't do it I knew you weren't gonna hurt me and Baphomet's no actually I was about to hurt you but something you said made me think and it comes this realization that Inanna shouldn't have known about the Prometheus Gambit like he shouldn't have known it would have worked anyway because everybody knows about it yeah but there's no reason for Inanna to assume that's why Baphomet's here and so he's just kind of like how did you know I was trying to do that and it's revealed that Anana was told about it and told in secret by Ananki. And Ananki was like, I know you won't tell anyone because you're a soft good boy, essentially. And Baphomet realizes that this person has told the both of them about this and said, like, you can't do this, but here you go and don't tell anyone else. Mm-hmm. They're being set up. Yeah. And I think his exact words are, we've been played. Yeah. Anaki has given everyone in the pantheon some little bit of manipulation whether it be yeah. ball sacrifice the children save us from the great darkness mm-hmm. or these two the hey it sucks that you only live two years there's a way that this could change but don't go do that but don't go do that i don't know why i'm telling you about it if i don't want you to do it but i am going to tell you about it this is the moment i feel when they become bros when they be- do become bros their powers combine yes their powers combine and that's kind of what they do on the next page where you see Anana begin to start to use his divine powers to search for maybe some answers here. He specifically starts looking at all the gods because they shows a panel of a bunch of stars and he wants to tell them. The two of them want to tell the others in the pantheon, hey, something's amiss. We've been kind of set up. Something's coming to a head. He starts looking and finding all of the the gods through his divination magic, these constellations almost in the sky as they're surrounded by Baphomet's fire. Um, it's a very pink panel. It, it is. There are several very pink panels. I do enjoy the boys combining their powers. These are my two favorite lads. They are good lads. They are good, lads. good lads. But he finds Ananke, or Ananke, however it's pronounced. Just at this point, just say whatever you want. They Listen. Find- Bob. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Spelled on geese. Said Bob. Yes. And they're like, oh, she's in broccoli. 
and there's some other god there with her. But who is this? We don't recognize this god. Then Inanna realizes, oh, I think she's at Laura's house. Because that's where Laura lives. That is where Laura lives. So the two of them fly off in like a fun Peter Pan pink sparkle style. Listen, I want to travel by sparkles. I, who doesn't want to travel Pink by sparkles? sparkles? It's just the two of them like floating above and you can kind of see into the back garden of Laura's house mm-hmm. where she's standing and she has just been transformed by Ananki. And we do see this little bit, which is her just post transition where she's reveling in the glory of, oh my God, I'm a God over and over again or something like that yeah and the cool thing about this first panel is it almost gives you a vision similar to the last page into how Inanna's powers visually look yeah because you see him and Baphomet both pink everything else is this very dull contrasting blue but then you see the small bit of pink of the people he was like looking looking at exactly it's it's almost like dropping a pin in a map like on google maps it's like (laughs) there it is Laura is here the pink spot right there so we have the two of them floating in, fan service shot of Baphomet's abs. Uh, like his reverse abs? Oh no, the no, bottom fan page. Sherv- Sorry. Fan service shot of Baphomet's listen, abs. You got, if you like lower backs, the top panel's here for you. If you like abs, the bottom panel's the here bottom for you. Panel's here for you. Everybody's represented. And they realize what's going on. They realize that Laura has turned to Persephone. And Inanna's happy for her because they're friends and this is what she's wanted. So Yeah. He's like, awesome, that's great. But then But then we see Bob on a case <laughs> fingers behind Laura's head the same sort of image I don't remember we actually saw the fingers on the episode that Laura died we when did. she began. okay yeah. so it is, is basically the same image this is almost a recreation of the image just different coloring yeah and Anana's face in the next panel immediately goes to oh god something's bad's happening here he almost looks angry he like, does he looks furious it's Honestly, one of the few times where he has such a rageful expression. Yeah. Which is good. I like this boy. Very loyal, very protective of <laughs> his friends. He's a good boy. And I mean, his best friend's about to be exploded. They all know what a snap means. Yeah. There's no misinterpreting what Anaki's trying to do here. And Baphomet reacts in his own way. Mm-hmm. Just yelling. Screaming. Like basically WTF. Literally yep. WTF. And we have the click of Anaki's fingers, which... We assume from our previous knowledge of this scene that Laura is about to be decapitated. Yep. This is where the scene cut off last time. And what we did not see was two boys falling from the sky and crashing directly into her. It's a very intense crash. Like It's they not just... a graceful, graceful <laughs> no, landing. They're all face planting into the ground. Literally, yes. There's a shower of sparkles. You also see the explosion, the sort of crackly explosion where Ananki's divine power hit where Laura's head would have been moments ago had she not been literally just like pile-dried into the dirt by Inanna smashing into her as both he and Baphomet fall directly out of the sky. Probably Inanna just started nosediving down towards them. I gave him a a 10 for the descent, but a 1 for the landing. (laughs) 1 for the landing, yeah. The two of them crash into the ground, completely knocking Persephone out, which... Baphomet quickly goes to just double check if she's okay. She's alive, but unconscious. And Inanna goes into like protection mode. He's standing there like, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? And Ananki kind of takes this in stride. She's not really perturbed by the sudden appearance of these two assholes. She's just like, all right, what do I do now? Who do I kill now? I mean, she's had, what, five, 6,000 years of dealing with 
these disturbances. These rowdy teens. These, these rowdy teens. So, do you remember real quick? Do you remember that scene from one of the more recent comics where it's just like pages upon pages of Ananki trying to kill Persephone in oh, every yeah. pantheon? Yeah. Because Persephone does get away sometimes, either by escaping to the underground or running or dodging or what have you. This is probably the first time that it's been like crash from above DSS Machina just smashing into into her out that's, completely out of the blue. That's a new one for the books. Yep. But listen, better than those times when Persephone just turns around and wastes an Anke. Yeah. Man, there's so many pantheons in the past after that issue where I'm like, oh man, what even like happened that what Minerva happened? could continue exactly. to go forward? Because Minerva was on her own on all those ones where Ananke like yeah. got killed. It's probably harder with just one person pulling the con. Yeah. With a child pulling the con. But we see next page, the result of her decision. And she says, the nice one. Yep. The boy. Your boy. This was the sad moment. This was <laughs> back when uh, this issue first came out. I was like, oh, man, Anana's still alive. Excellent. I feel refreshed. Mm -hmm. And then it was just turning pages and turning pages. And this is probably another time where I just angrily texted you. You did. Where you I was did. like, wait, you take this lad from me and then you give him back <laughs> and then you ripeth him again. I think the actual progression was because originally when you were reading the comic, Lucifer was your favorite. Yes. And she got murdered immediately. Correct. And you were just kind of like, what? She's dead? She was my favorite. And I'm like, I know she dies really quick. It's sad. And then you're like, I really like Inanna. I love Inanna. Nothing bad happens to him, right? And I'm like, just keep reading the book, Eric. Just keep reading it. And you kept reading it. And then you angrily texted me, no, he's dead. Why would I can't love anyone? Blah, 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 blah. And then in this comic, he comes back and you're like, yay. And then five minutes later, you're like, boo. And then after this, I ended up like Dio or Dio comes yep. out more. And I was like, oh, this lad. Like, I like this dude. I love Dio. And when yeah. his first rave, I was like, meh. But no, Tara came third for me in between this. This was a running joke between Christina's eyes. Every character I like yeah. died. I might have mentioned this the last time, I guess. But Lucifer, lover, dead. Anana, Anana. love him, dead. Tara's great. Oh, Tara's oh, dead. Never mind. Oh, I hey, guess. Anana's back. Oh, nope. Anana's dead. Oh, look at this boy, Dio. Dead. Oh, God. I'm starting to like Baphomet. Hey, <laughs> please don't like Baphomet. But luckily, Can't like anyone, they're gonna this die. boy is gone. Yes. He's the chosen. He has lived on the longest. It's and, true. I mean, he's self destructed in his own way. But, but in a way, he's failing up in that sense where he's failing to die. He yeah. keeps trying to self destruct, but it's just not working. <laughs> I mean, luckily the Morgan's there to be like, oh, you dead? Nope. Nope. Yeah. And then he makes the better choice of not bringing her back. All right. Kieran, if you're listening, you have like four more issues. I guess three more at this point. We're on issue 42, 42? 43, 44, 45. So four, four more. more issues. Please. <laughs> there are two of my lads here. You can have one, but leave me with the other. Eric I don't, has to have oh, one Oh, wait, no. Tara, Tara's also here. Tara's There's back three. And Lucifer's back. And Lucifer. All four. The, Everyone's everyone back. But Dio I'll is let back. you have half of them. <laughs> <laughs> the other half are mine. You can kill half of them again. Dio's still gone, unfortunately. We can hope that something will happen with that where he'll come back, but I'm doubtful. I'm, yeah, I'm very doubtful. Yeah. But honestly, you never know with this comic. Back to here, we see. A wonderfully gory page. Jamie does gore very intensely, yeah. but not in a disgusting way. So it's kind of like a good art style of gore where it shows you how bloody and how intense some of these actions are. But it's not like when you're reading it, you feel like sick or queasy if you're. Yeah. 
I would say it's almost like Tarantino-esque in the fact that it's super bloody, but the blood is almost ridiculous to an extent. Yeah. It doesn't seem necessarily 100% like realistic. Yeah. But anyway, we see Anana's head get pop, pop. It's there gone. it goes. At this point, we assume his head exploded in mm-hmm. chunks and we see his body just begin to fall. Laura or Persephone in the background, Baphomet lifting up Persephone's unconscious body at the moment and just the look on his face being like, I had a friend once. <laughs> I had a friend once. He's and just screaming in surprise. Yeah. He, yeah. And this, I guess, also lends credence to the fact that these are not Laura remembering what happens. It's right. possibly Cassandra getting that right question because Laura is also out cold here. So she's not. She experiences able like to none experience of this. None of, yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, otherwise just Baphomet's recount because they become good bros. But anyway, Nana's body falls and we see Ananki prepare to snap again. Like the look in her eye is like the look of a killer. She has no remorse about what no. she did, did. And she is about to probably kill the boy. And she does snap at him. And again, we have the crackle ball of energy where Baphomet's head was moments ago. But he has pulled a traditional Persephone move and gone to the underground for safety. And he's taken Persephone with him. And I kind of love this panel because it's just Ananki left standing in the back garden with her hands on their hips like, well, darn it. What am I supposed to do now? Well, shoot. No, yeah, yeah, it is a very like interesting pose to choose. She looks just like a frustrated grandmother. She's just kind of like, well, goodness me. It's kind of funny to me at least. It is. Especially now that the blow of Anana's death has kind of been softened by spoilers, his return. Yeah, and she's like staring down at Anana's body, just like completely covered in blood. Yeah. Just like, oh, look at these kids. Look at the mess they've made. It's pretty much. It's funny. It's just incongruent. It's funny. Yeah. And she clicks her fingers and lights it on fire, and it gets back to the scene that we saw previously in the comic. We've already seen this bit, which is the body burning, an indistinct body burning, and Ananki looking down on it with a frown. But we now know that it was Anana, not Persephone. Yes. And we get basically more of what we already knew. Is this honestly the same panel for panel uh, of that spread in the previous issue? Because it shows on one half of the page a bunch of scenes which you've always seen, and then just this fire continuing to just burn from right to left, basically eating the panels away. I think it is the exact drawings and exact things just superimposed now on the vines that block each panel out and this fire burning everything away. I wouldn't be surprised the color scheme's different, but otherwise the drawing is exactly the same. Yeah, but it's Anaki in the back, Laura's parents coming out. She's covered in blood. There's fire. They're like, oh no, what's happening? And she says her line, some murders are necessary, and it's cut off, but we know what else she said was some murders are not. And yeah. Just burning. The house is lit aflame and the page is lit aflame. Interestingly, the vines are also lit aflame. If you look at how the fire is interacting with the vines on the edges of the panel, it's also burning them a little bit. Yeah. So this is the memory, the information that is being passed to Cassandra. This is it burning away. We don't know what happens after this. Maybe it's too painful to recount. Maybe it's because no one was actually present for it other than Ananki. But everything else just burns away. And I really love these styles where artists will do everything in paneling and mm-hmm. then select things will break the paneling structure and like go outside 
of the little frames that you normally expect to be in the comics. Like yeah. Flames washing over this or Stephanie Hahn does it in Die with some of the gods would go behind the paneling exactly. sort of outside the bounds of the story and it adds a really cool sort of the layers yeah a layer the, layers the layers it. of meaning and effect to the story it's, yes it's something that really only works in a visual medium like comics mm -hmm. you don't really see it much in movies like it's not something that can't exist in movies pretty much yeah it's like a subtle breaking the fourth wall but without the comical attachment to it yeah so we have persephone in hell august to september and this is basically just a grief montage in essence Yep. We see in the underground after Baphomet and Persephone have escaped, it's Persephone just lying there sad. She's presumably been filled in on by Baphomet as to what happened after she was knocked out. And her parents are dead. Her sister's dead. Her house is burned down. She's gotten at everything she ever wanted, but Anaki tried to murder her immediately. Like, it's all bad. Yeah. And Baphomet comes to her. She's been clearly just like lying there on the ground sad mm -hmm. for who knows how long Baphomet says it's been days and he arrives with some takeout for her and it's just like hey eat something maybe and he calls her Laura which she denies she says that she's Persephone and she doesn't need to eat she's not hungry and she says I'm full of ash which is it's the aftermath of the fire it's like this concept of her being dead inside but it also is an interesting parallel to the Persephone myth because upon being kidnapped by Hades into the underground, Persephone refused to eat for days and days and days because when you eat food of the underground, you're trapped there. Yeah. Or um, the underworld, yes. I should say. So in this instance, it's a direct parallel in that the death god, the underworld god, Baphomet slash Nurgle, has not really kidnapped Persephone, but he's stolen her away and she refuses to eat now. Yeah. Before we continue on with the story, a side question. Yes. If... This, like, pantheon, or I guess any pantheon, occurs in a place that doesn't have a subway system. Is there no, like, underworld that the underground gods can go to? I mean, there's always something going on underground. <laughs> if it was in L.A., it would be, like, the uh, the lizard people tunnels. Oh, man, and all their gold. <laughs> and all their gold. Or it would be freaking the Hyperloop tunnels that are going to be dug under here. Dang. Imagine that. You run to the Tesla company or SpaceX down there. Yeah. On the next page, we get sort of a couple of just flashes of once sort of per day for the next five days. It's August 5th, and it's August 7th, and then it's August 10th, and Persephone is unmoving. I'm pretty sure it's the same drawing that is copy-pasted amongst these three panels. Well, her outfit changes every time, so at some point, oh, okay. here's the question, is right. she magically changing her outfit, or does she stand up to change and then lie back uh, down? <laughs> uh, I would go with the second, just because it's the more extra thing to do. It's like, I will pout in this today. Today I'm going to put on this outfit and then lie down yes, and be sad. And cry. Listen, you have to have a sad aesthetic going you, on. You do. But we see in each of these panels, Baphomet in the background, just sort of telling his thoughts at Persephone as she just sort of listens but doesn't really say anything. The mm -hmm. first one, he's like, crap, it's all over the news. Everyone thinks I did this. Everyone in the world basically has the viewpoint of us before this episode that right. Baphomet killed Inanna and then blew up Laura's house. And then in the next one, they've taken the Morgan. Yes. So he's very pissed that everything for him is going downhill as well. Yeah. But he takes it instead of just the like, I'm going to close up and be depressed. He has a bit of anger issues. He says like, this has nothing to do with her or me. It's him choosing, okay, this has nothing to do with her. She's innocent. Should I go save her? It's him warring with himself about whether he should put himself in danger to save her. 
yes, he is basically a couple days later after they took the Morgan. Do I want to go and get her? This is a trap. She is the bait for me to come Mm -hmm. in. And that sort of continues for the next few days. It continues on. We have August 13th, August 18th, August 20th. Persephone still changing her outfit every few days or every day. Yep. Still lying there in grief. Baphomet still coming to talk to her. And he's concerned because she's just been lying here for like weeks almost just not eating not responding not doing anything apparently only eating pomegranate salad gotta keep up with the aesthetic listen gotta keep up with the aesthetic and he's basically coming to her and giving persephone the news updates oh tara's dead now and they're blaming me for it and he doesn't know what to do he's getting to the point where because he's now the bad guy everyone's bad guy that he feels like he needs to do something because he's being falsely accused of having murdered all these people. Yes. And at the end, it's August 20th, and he's just kind of sitting there with his baton, just papping it against the floor, like waiting for something, waiting for Persephone to feel better, I guess. Yeah. I just imagine him sitting there, tap, tap, poke, poke, poke. (laughs) You're like, you ready to to solve this for me yet? you're ready to be not sad? (laughs) I'm a useless little boy. Can't solve these things on my own. Everything just piling up against me. But he asks how she's feeling, and she's still super melodramatic. I mean, but in a way, rightfully so, because her family was just murdered. Yep. Her best friend was just murdered. Yep. Everyone thinks she's evil. Anakis against her. Even though she's a god, she'll never be part of the pantheon she wanted to be part of. She'll never live the life that she thought and that all of these fans think the gods do, this like life of glory and just singing and performing they don't obviously know about Anaki's plans behind the scene and sort of in a way her family's death is kind of Laura's fault because it was her involvement with the Pantheon that led to this happening had she not drawn attention to herself had she not chased this had she not gotten mixed up with everybody then her parents would ostensibly still be alive I mean possibly we still haven't solved the question of whether predestined or chosen to be gods random choice or if there was one specific person so if she was predestined to be persephone she was screwed from the start because she's ananki's rival but if it was her tendencies that made her there which more and more i lean towards that one then yes it is her fault her wanting this has caused this well indirectly obviously she didn't kill her parents but it was yeah. yeah like i was saying it's her involvement that led to this happening But Laura feels like she's buried alive. She says her lungs full of dirt. And Baphomet, in a brief moment of humor, says, and I thought I was the goth one. (laughs) Yep. Which is very good. But Laura shoots him the most angry of looks. Like, this is not the time for that, sir. But yeah, Baphomet's trying to console her, trying to make her feel better, realizing that he doesn't know where to go on his own. He needs allies going forward, especially since the Morgan is gone. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to be honest, the Morgan has never been his best of allies. She's been a very bad influence. Like she's always been on his side, but she's never been helpful to make the right choices. But they talk finally a little bit and Baphomet's still trying to like cheer up a bit is like trying to bring a little bit of humor, trying to get her back on her feet again. Or at the very least to get her talking. Yes. And it does seem like he succeeds in that. And Laura's kind of at least exchanging in a back and forth with him. She is now like having a conversation as opposed to just lying sadly on the floor. And it allows Baphomet to open up. Mm -hmm. He starts to actually talk to her about 
his time, his experiences, because Persephone just had this incredibly traumatic experience of getting everything she wanted and it was being terrible. And Baphomet is now explaining, well, Marion is the one who did this for me. She introduced me to Ananki. And he says, Miss Sauron. Like, <laughs> he refers to her as like this evil wizard, which she kind of is. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. Pretending to be your best friend, but also just manipulating you behind the scenes. Being an evil dick. Listen, he's the biggest nerd, and I he's, love it so much. He's a huge nerd. But he talks about how Ananki was very judgmental of him, how she basically made him feel an inch tall. She was circling him, judging him when Marion first brought Cameron to her. And he was scared because he didn't know what was happening. I sincerely doubt that any of this was explained to him. I think that he was just plopped in front of her. And then apparently whatever judgment Ananki made, wordlessly, she just decides, okay, you're going to get this now. And we see Baphomet falling through the god tube. Ananki saying the standard things. You're of the pantheon. You'll be loved. You'll be hated. You'll be brilliant. But with two years, you'll be dead. And we see him bursting into flames, falling down this tube. His head becomes like this flaming sort of lion. Yeah. And she continues, you are the sun buried alive, rebel king of your abyssal prison. You are the inferno that lurks below. You are the vengeance that cannot die. I almost want to say you are Batman. You are <laughs> Batman. <laughs> but you are the lion that lies in wait. And we see him coming out of this with his Full, like, intense new build abs. Very extra. Out there. I kind of like this Baphomet because he removes bits of it for his standard outfit. But, like, he has these sweet leg guards that are lions on here. Well, he wants to, as we find out, he wants to sort of distance himself from the whole lion iconography. Because he is revealed to not be Baphomet. And I think this is the first time we learn this in the story. That he's not Baphomet, that he is Nurgle. Yes. And Nurgle is a very, very, very old god who is both like a war and fire god, but also a god of the underworld. He's a god of death, but he's also a god of like vengeance. And he's like shown with fire and lions and death. And he's a very metal god, to be fair. Yeah. Very hardcore. It's funny because in this scene, Baphomet appears sitting on a throne of bones the most extra thing the skull throne it's super goth and as soon as he said nurgle that is who he is he's just like hold on excuse me and like us maybe like some of us persephone's just kind of like what's wrong with being nurgle and it's interesting that she doesn't react necessarily to the knowledge that baphomet is not baphomet Mm -hmm. she's just kind of like well what's so bad about being nurgle so we snap back to them talking in the Underdark. Underground. Underground. In the listen, Underdark. <laughs> listen, I have the DD too much going on to appear. Quick side note I feel as if Cameron would have been super stoked to be a character and die. He would have oh, been all about it. He would have been all He would have loved that. Freaking Kieran, get on that crossover. Yeah. Put Cameron in Die. He I, would love it. I want a cameo. I want him to be like an NPC. Just <laughs> He's like a barkeep or something somewhere and die. The Goth Knight. Oh, that'd be so good. Can Goth be one of the emotions? <laughs> I know there's supposed to be like eight emotions or whatever. Can one of them just be goth? Can it be like the Captain Planet version when all of our emotions combine? We, we become the goth, goth knight. But anyway, Cameron asks Persephone how much she knows about geek stuff, about Star Wars, about Avengers. Right. And it's funny because they're literally calling out the Marvel movies specifically. They exist in this world. It's just weird to think about because I know they've done a call out for Rihanna before. Yeah. Just like the idea that like Chris Hemsworth is a person in this universe. Yeah. 
Which makes me question, do we think that the performers they're all based on exist in this universe? We know for a fact Rihanna does, and Sekhmet is based and on Rihanna. Is Rihanna. Okay. So it kind of makes you feel like, yes, then, I don't see why not. Oh, man. Then who's copying whose aesthetic? Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, he is disappointed that he was Nurgle because Nurgle's viewed more as this like almost Adonis type yeah. like, character, golden flowing hair like Thor, and he does not live up to that aesthetic. He is goth. He does not want to be the pretty boy in a sense. I mean, he feels like he would be mocked for not living up to the idea of Nurgle. Yes. To which Persephone is just like, why do you care what they think? And doesn't seem to be phased by this at all, being like, who cares what god you are? And if you don't look like them, like, live your own aesthetic, man. Yeah. Live your dreams. Live your dreams. And this is what finally gets Persephone to start smiling. Baphomet notes that. And she's kind of cheeky in her response, just like, uh-huh, looking away from him, touching her lip. And in the last panel, they just start making out. Just start making out, you know, as you do. This is a funny reoccurring thing, the per- the Laura Persephone nuh-uh or uh-huh. Because mm-hmm. she does that whenever she's trying to either be cool or be like coy or whatever. She starts using just those two words. Yeah. Like, it was the exact same thing where she was talking with Ball. We saw in the Christmas special that she reacted in the exact same way with Lucifer. Mm -hmm. It's like when she's trying to be cool, it's a little bit of Laura bleeding through into Persephone, which is nice to see, considering that all we've seen of Persephone so far is angst. Yeah. And then we flash forward a little bit to after them making out to them in bed with the knowledge that like, oh, well, we shouldn't have done that, should we? Yep. And both of them immediately regret this. It's good at least that they're both on the same page with like Baphomet being like, I was supposed to be helping you. This is not me helping you. And Persephone doesn't blame him. She's just kind of like, well, at least for a bit there, I felt better. And that's sort of a slippery slope because there is a bad thing where a lot of people will deal with feelings of depression by resorting to sort of, you could think of it as promiscuity. They use physical relationships with other people as a surrogate for mental well-being because mm-hmm. it makes them feel better. Yeah, that and more immediate high. Exactly. And so this is sort of, it seems like what was happening here, like Persephone was trying to seek something to make her feel better and Baphomet was just available and yeah. also geeky. But the two of them lie in silence for a little bit and Baphomet's like, all right, well, what are we going to do now? And Persephone basically makes the choice of, we should probably go save everyone. The panel, like, in the middle of the page just gets me on, like, how awkwardly it's drawn. (laughs) Them just laying next to each other in bed. Persephone, like, smoking, but just, like, basically super rigid. They're very rigid. They're very rigid. They're both just lying there silently regretting everything they've ever done. Yeah. (laughs) It's really funny. It's it's great. But we're sort of flashing back towards the real time. The vines of memory are receding. The vision is ending. And Persephone is saying that Laura would have just stayed there in that depression. She would have stayed in the underground. She wouldn't have done anything. Persephone's got to do something. And that's how she's coping with this, in a sense. Then we're back where we started. Laura's destroyed backyard. And we see Cassandra falling to her knees because she's just seen a lot. lot, And her worldview has been flipped upside down. But this is also the first time that she's ever experienced like uh, communion with a god. Yeah. 
It's got to mess you up a bit. Her legs aren't working from that. And she's like, oh, God, does this happen every time? Mm -hmm. Both you and I don't cuss, but she has a very flavorful first line in there. This is a non-swear podcast this this episode. Yeah, this is very not explicit for all ages. Family friendly, except for the sex and murder. Yes, lots of murder. And Persephone, just unfazed, just continues to provide exposition, telling her we made a plan when we were going to rescue Morgan, then take down Ananki. But Morgan wanted to take Minerva too, and that threw a hitch in it. But luckily, we got this recording off of this bird that Minerva has. This conveniently placed recording that was made for some reason Uh that we're not going to question. We now have the evidence against her. We can bring this to light and win. And I mean, she doesn't show very much emotion in these scenes. Persephone almost looks disinterested when she's talking. Yeah, she looks sort of removed from it. Yeah, which is... Probably still her coping mechanism. She has removed herself from Laura. She has removed herself from life. But Cassandra apologizes and asks, why did you share all of that with me? Why didn't you just stop at like, here's Ananki exploding and killing everyone? Mm -hmm. Why show me everything and not just the important bits? Yeah. And Laura says that she wants her to know. She wanted somebody to know. Even though they've had a weird relationship going back, Cassandra is almost one of Laura's closest friends throughout this comic. And Mm -hmm. this is sort of it building towards that. She says specifically, you're the only person who's been with me from the beginning. You're the only person who remembers me, remembers Laura. And I need you to understand. So she's picking up a new ally and tells Cassandra... It's time for us to go to Valhalla and save Minerva. Right. Which still seems like a good thing at at the time. At this time, it's a good idea. We don't know any better. And asks if she's in. And we end that page with just a close-up of Cassandra's face looking a mixture of sad, confused, and kind of indecisive. A little taken aback, I'd almost say. Yeah. And then hard cut to her in the very next panel screaming, are you crazy? Because... No, she's not in. Cassandra very much is both a realist and a bit of a pessimist. Basically, this is a really good line. I wouldn't trust half of you to turn bread into toast. She doesn't think that anybody in the new dream team of the Morrigan, Baphomet, Dionysus, and Persephone, she doesn't trust any of them to actually be able to pull this off. She doesn't believe that they're actually skilled enough to go up against the sort of enemy that they now know they're facing with Ananki. In a way, she's not wrong. <laughs> no, she's not wrong. Listen, Dio's not as like much of a mess up as some of the other ones, but... He's also not a fighter. That Yeah, he's a dancer. But Cassandra is very much that one person who I imagine yells at horror movies, like, call the police. She's literally just being like, you guys have evidence? Cool, take it to the cops. What are you doing? Why are you trying to be the hero here? Why are you trying to get involved in something you do not need to be involved in? And this is why capes are amazing, because this pose in her second panel just throws her arms up and the cape just goes whoosh, dramatically. Dramatic cape. We do not play God, is what Cassandra says, which is funny, considering that they are gods. But Cassandra still, to this point, doesn't really believe she is. Mm -hmm. Like, she is, and she knows that, but she doesn't believe it, you know? It isn't sunken in. So she says, we don't play God. I don't trust that we're going to be able to do this. And Persephone... Kind of looks like she might have expected this, but I also get the feeling that she's still disappointed. Yeah, it's more of that she's just always hiding her emotions, at least at this point. She's very closed off. And she basically says, fine, do whatever you want. We're doing this with or without you. Meet us in Valhalla if you want. 
it's up to you. And Cassandra reaches out before Persephone can walk away. She reaches out to try and stop her. She's like, you think I'm going to let you do this? Like, they are friends, sort of. She's not just going to let Persephone walk away into something stupid. And we see Cassandra's hand just sweep into Persephone or the illusion of Persephone as she says, I wouldn't have told you if you could stop us. And we see the light coming from Auli's eyes. It's a projection. It's mm-hmm. a hologram of Persephone who says, we're starting now. So the siege on Valhalla is about to begin. Right. And Auli just takes flight and off it goes. Leaving the, the three Norns in the back garden. Yeah. Which leads to the question, is this, you think, a sincere call for help? Or do you think that this was her just trying to sort of get Cassandra out of the line of fire? I think it was at least trying to get her on her side because mm-hmm. there's about to be a big battle that goes down and like she doesn't want Cassandra having misinformation and ending up on the other side if things go south. That's fair. Because Anaki has a real tight hold on Ball. I mean, that holds yeah. true to the most recent of comic. He's literally the only one that will cling to her slash Minerva until the bitter end. Mm-hmm. So it could be to get her out of the, the way, but I think it's more as an actual being like, things are about to split. Pick a side. We want you on ours. That's fair. I sort of agree in that at least partially it's here's all the information. I know that you'll choose the right side to join so that we don't have to fight you. But knowing Cassandra as she did and from her reactions with everything, it kind of felt to me like Persephone never truly believed. And especially since she didn't come in person, she sent the owl, she sent the the hologram. Yeah. She expected Cassandra wouldn't join them. Mm -hmm. Maybe she was hopeful that she would, but she expected she wouldn't. So this sort of, maybe it's just like a happy side effect of gets Cassandra and the rest of the Norns out of the fire zone. They're not going to be caught up in whatever badness is about to happen at Valhalla. Yeah. Which is good for them. Like, yeah. get the innocents out, quote unquote. No, that makes sense. And that leads us to the mess we're in, the 24th of September, 2014. What a mess it is. It's a big mess. And it's about to get very messy in the next couple issues. The next few issues raise so many questions. I remember when I was originally reading this, I was just kind of like, what is this? What is happening? Why is this happening? Nothing makes sense. What's going on? Yeah, it's getting good. It's this cool thing that I love when authors do this and writers where they kind of paint this plot and then they take a curve and everyone goes, ah, that's where the plot's going. And then like secretly behind a bush, she's like, hey, 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 this is what actually is happening. Yeah. So it's this wonderful misdirection that's happening now. So hats off to Anunki, basically hats off to Kieran. Yeah. For masterminding all of these yeah. swerves. So when I first read the comic at this part in the story, I was convinced that A, the two year death sentence was a lie. And I'm still semi-convinced of that. I don't think that they will automatically die after two years. Yeah. And then the second thing I was convinced of was that the Prometheus Gambit was true and that Anangi was trying to kill everyone so that she could live forever. And yeah. I thought that she had been doing that for basically all time. That is also what I thought. And I think that's what the whole like death killing machine mm-hmm. is supposed to do. Honestly, it might not be wrong in a way. Maybe you just have to do it through having four heads. We still don't I know mean, what four heads do. We Well, we've seen that at least sacrificing these four heads enables her to be reborn. 
yeah but why how like i want to know i mean i don't know if we'll go into it this is just me being me but i want to know the mechanics behind it (laughs) i want to know the logic behind this yeah the science no i've argued with kate for what exactly it means and what things symbolize and why it has to be foreheads and which foreheads it has to be and all of that badness like we've had like whole arguments about this and we won't know hopefully until the upcoming comics because we still have four comics to go yep if we're going by the current plot structure of every arc then the last comic's going to be sort of an epilogue yeah which will be good to see where everyone goes and what happens afterwards so yeah it's up until 44 when we have the chance to explain what the heck is going on yes Hopefully something is figured out by then. We'll see. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll find Kieran Gillen and shake him for answers. Listen, Emerald City Comic Con. We know he's going to be, be there. Like in the funnies episode yes. where he just comes with like buff Jamie. We'll be there. <laughs> well, we can cosplay as that and be like, hey, we'll cosplay you want to the answers? <laughs> and buff Jamie McKelvey bust again. One I should rough him up. <laughs> oh, man. That's going to be great. Amazing. All right. Well, that was issue number 20. Next week, I believe we were straight up into issue 21 because neither issue 42 or Die issue 3 is coming out next week. I believe Die actually is coming out on the 6th. Is it coming out? Well, it might be a Die next week. We'll all find out together. Listen, it'll yeah, be listen, fine. It'll be an adventure. Yes. And maybe Kate will be back by then. If not, you'll hear Eric once more. Oh, man, I would die to talk about that comic. I hate you so much. Oh, this oh, is so, oh, there's so many puns just inherent in these. Listen, I'm just channeling my inner Nurgle. Cameron would be proud. He would be. I hate it for Baphomet. Him. I can keep using different names because everyone just has use... so <laughs> there's many There's so many different names. names. All right. Well, we will see you next week with whatever comic we're reading. Indeed. Goodbye, Christina. Bye, Eric.